DJ Event Planner will change the way you manage and run your business. Streamline all of your procedures and software into one easy-to-manage system. DJ Event Planner, the ultimate online planning tool. and welcome to our Tuesday night with Ben Stowe. That means that on the other side of the screen, right over there, is the one and only Ben Stowe. Good evening, Ben. Hey, John. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You are not in Bemidji tonight. No, I'm not. I am uh, I am in a car, and I'm actually in the San Francisco Bay Area. And, uh, and don't worry, viewers, I'm a passenger. Uh, I was thinking about this. You know, Jerry Seinfeld, he's got that show, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yes, and you are kind of a funny man. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm with another funny guy, another very, very smart guy. Actually, this this we could call Geeks in Cars Stuck in Traffic. Uh, <laughs> but this is my brother, Mike, who is a uh, computer programmer and developer advocate and uh, now the uh, head uh head janitor or something. I don't know. He's the, he's running a new, uh, running a site called nomad PHP and he's the community guy there. And he's, uh, as dedicated to education as I am and he's smarter and better looking. So maybe we should just have him do the show. We could, we could. And our ratings right through the roof. This could be our, right. <laughs> you know, he's actually, you know, I'm sorry. I should have bragged on my, my baby brother here, but viewers actually may have seen him on, uh, on their screens. He's done some acting, uh, played uh, Frank Morris in an Escape from Alcatraz uh, movie recently for Discovery Channel, I think. Was it Nat Geo? It was. Uh, he was in the movie uh, San Andreas. Uh, so anyway, yeah, like I said, he's smarter, he's better looking, he's funnier. He's Let's do my show. Yeah, yeah. So after that motivational thing for Ben, now he's feeling kind of bad about himself. We're going to talk about some questions that you have, you guys have had out there. Um, and if you have questions, please send those to me uh, via Facebook Messenger. You can go out, uh, go to m.me slash johnyoungmn. That'll direct message me. And then I will put those into a box. And then when we get to our once a month question night, like tonight, we will unveil them. <gasps> so Ben, we got five questions. We're going to go, I think five or six. We're going to run through these quickly here. So you guys can continue on with your traffic. Cause I know how much fun that is in California. Game on. Okay. So uh, first question, um, is there any way to measure how much light is in a room to know how many lumens I will need for my projector? I, I know this was uh, when we were doing the thing at the church uh, and your crew was down with us. That was a question we had is that how bright of a projector did we need? Is there a way to measure the light source and such? How, what can you do with that? Um, yes, there is. Uh, and there's different ways that we measure light. 
probably the uh, the simplest way here would be to just get a light meter, which is going to measure light in foot candles. And uh, then we would take the, uh, the foot candles number times five to equal the number of ANSI lumens that we would use to make an image appear bright. Uh, but the other, I bet you didn't know that one, did you, wise guy? Huh? Okay, all right. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this is going to go well. And, and uh, uh, anyway, baby brother, any, like I said. Uh, the other thing that we want to know is that there's a unit of measurement called a foot Lambert, uh, not to be confused with the uh, Lambert to Cowardly Lion or Sheepish Lion. Lambert to Sheepish, Sheepish, Sheepish Lion, Lion. Disney. Uh, got a catchy tune to it. But uh, uh, foot Lamberts uh, indicate the amount of brightness uh, in an area. So we would take the uh, square footage of the screen divided by the ANSI lumens to equal a measurement of foot lambers, for example, uh, and, and you know help us determine how, how bright that uh, projector needs to be and whether or not we have adequate brightness for the, uh, the size of the screen. Because determining an ANSI measurement for lumens uh, is only part of the equation. We have to figure out how big our screen is and how much we're going to have distributed over the area of the screen. Will the uh, type of lens that the projector has, whether it's a long throw or short throw, will that have much to do with it when it comes to the lumen and the brightness of the image? Well, yes and no, because ultimately, you know, it's going to determine the size of the image that's projected. So, uh, you know, really it's the screen size more than anything. You know, we're distributing that light over that that uh, size of screen, and that's going to help us determine it. So, Okay, so it's more, more that variant of the screen itself. So the... And the light in the room and by the way it is almost always easier to control the ambient light in the room than it is to get more uh projector output you know we can get really crazy with projector output uh but uh ultimately um rather than spending tons and tons and tons of money on a projector you know maybe 50 60 100,000 dollars on a crazy bright projector maybe some motorized shades or you know just turning off the lights or zoning some lighting in the room is a better solution Okay. Well, let's move to the next the next question, which Robin just about teased our question right there. Um, does contrast ratio, does it matter with projectors? I've seen things from like, I think I have a, an old projector that had a contrast ratio of like 200 to 1. And then I've seen them go all the way up to several thousand to 1. Does that matter well, that much? There, there are actually, uh, there's even up to like 300,000 to 1 with laser projectors. Uh, but uh, yeah, contrast ratio absolutely matters, especially for people that are doing motion monograms and that sort of thing, uh, because basically what we're talking about here is the difference between the lightest part of the image and the darkest part of the image. Uh, so basically a projector with a low contrast ratio, it's going to have a bit maybe grayer image, and we may have that gray box appearing in the uh, in the projected image area where we just really want black. Okay. Uh, and, and so that can be a really big problem when, when we uh, don't want the gray box of the image and we just want to see the light that's projected for, you know, mapping purposes or motion monograms or regular monograms or whatever, uh, that high contrast ratio is really, really important. Hmm. Is there kind of a, a minimum you'd recommend that, oh, don't look at anything below this because it's probably going to, you'll be disappointed with the results? Well, it depends on the brightness because the higher the brightness of the projector, the, the more important that contrast ratio is going to be because uh, the more likely you're going to have the gray box. But I would say just as a, you know, sort of as a thumb sketch number, I apologize, I'm bouncing around here in the car. Yeah, no, we're good. Crazy driver over here. Uh, I would say probably a thumb sketch number is about 10,000 to one as a minimum. Okay. 
and that will give a person a good image. Great. Um, well, you kind of kind of led us into the next question. God, you, you, we're spoiling the questions. Um, laser, what is different between a laser projector, which you just mentioned a little bit in the higher contrast ratio, and um, an LED? And actually, let's go to the, was it DLP? Well, so you can have a laser that is DLP. And really what we're talking about, it's just sort of like a LCD or LED TV. What we're really talking about is the light source here. Uh, the biggest differences just shooting from the hip on laser versus LED are not only that higher contrast ratio, but much uh, uh, deeper colors and, uh, you know, more, uh, uh, maybe more of a, a adjustable color gamut because laser is so very focused, spectrally speaking. Um, you know, we're also going to have the ability to uh, have, uh, have more brightness by power, uh, longer light source life. Um, I mean, really just, uh, you know, lasers, the, the future, it's the present even, I think, you know, I think, uh, LED, it may be made a run at projection, but I think the industry is going to completely leapfrog LED and just go from a lamp to laser. Hmm. Uh, you know, you don't see laser projectors with near the output that, that, excuse me, you don't see LED projectors with near the output that laser projectors have. Um, and, and the physics bear out why. You know, that, that laser output is so uh, brilliant and, and the colors are so rich. Uh, it's so efficient. Um, it's, it's really the, um, I would say the present. I mean, most of the large scale or pro scene type projectors we're installing now are all laser. We're just not even really talking about lamp options. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for DJs, though, uh, lamps are still economically more viable. Uh, you know, you're still able to get those lamp projectors with adequate output for uh, really affordable. Um, but laser, again, lends itself to those contrast ratios of like 300,000 to one, which is stunning. So now can lasers produce all uh, all of the light spectrum that a person needs or, or the right? Because I heard at one time early on, if I'm not, I, when I was interviewing somebody at Casio and they were just talking, they were talking about a hybrid laser system. Because some colors were not – the laser could not produce some colors, if I remember well, right. Well, you know, I don't know what they were talking about specifically, but not all laser projectors use uh, red, green, and blue spectral output. Some use, you know, like blues with phosphor and that sort of thing. Um, but ultimately, the human eye uh, only has red, green, and blue cones. So no different than uh, the screen that you're probably watching me on right now. There's just red, green, and blue pixels in there. So uh, absolutely, a laser with red, green, and blue output can uh, produce uh, an incalculable number of colors with incredible brilliance. Uh, question somebody asked about the... I should throw this in. All lasers are not equal. You can't just buy brand X and brand Y and brand Z lasers, and, and it's all the same technology. It's not. There's... There's tremendous variation there, just like there is in other projectors and other lamp sources. Hmm. Uh, so just getting a laser projector doesn't mean you're getting the same thing as another laser projector. So, to, you know, to your question about color, I guess the answer here would be it depends. Took 13 minutes into the show, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to point that out there. Yeah. Everybody, uh, everybody drink up. I had a Gatorade here somewhere, but... Uh, <sighs> Um, so somebody was asking about uh, laser projectors. If your person wanted to get into that for uh, doing gobos, I know um, when you and I talked in the past about a projector for gobos, really a nice one from I believe an Optima. We were looking at like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars for a really nice one. Is oh, they're gonna a, a laser is going to be more than that. 
but a, a lamp projector is going to be in that range. Uh, I would say um, that's probably an individual and specific question and just, you know, reach out to me or, or one of the teams. Are they double the price or are they less than double the price? Where, where would they, just to get there, I, uh, you know, I think I seem to think I just sold one for not quite fifty percent more. Okay, um, so so somewhere they, they, they've come down a lot, you nice. know. And projector prices, almost uh, particularly laser, because it's the emerging technology, is changing almost minute by minute. It seems. So I think uh, noting that this, this video is going to be uh, around for a long time, I'd say. Let's leave it as uh, just just message me or call me and, and uh, we can get you some preferential pricing because it's it literally is changing very rapidly. And to find the phone number for getting a hold of Ben, you go to nlfxpro.com. And on the website, you're going to find the contact information to be able to reach out. Or you can go to Facebook and just do a search for Ben Stowe. And you will find him right there and send him a message and say, hey, I saw it on a show. It's 2024. And I saw this on a show from eight years ago, six years ago. Okay. What's happening? I'm still getting messages as we did four years ago. I know. That's you know? Right. I just had one of those today myself from one of our first shows we did where we were, I mean, we were younger. I mean, we had hair. We had a personality back then. It was great. Okay. So the next one is talking, this is actually uh, kind of because Howie was just on with us and we were talking about his uh, working with electricity and specifically low voltage situation. Uh, somebody was asking yeah. about um, a 12 volt inverter, uh, an inverter in essence you'd hook up to a, a car battery or a deep cycle battery. Is that better for running a portable sound system or would a generate, generator be better for running a portable sound system as long as you had enough amperage coming or, or watts from the device to cover the sound system? I think there's a lot of room for it depends on this one as well um, one of the things we want to be really careful of is the uh, quality of the sine wave that either is producing and most small generators are actually inverter types so may not be a substantial ton of difference there now of course we have to think about the application um, you know you know with the inverter we're going to need a power source a battery whatever that's going to have to have sufficient runtime uh, enough, uh, you know, amp hours to support our load over time. Uh, but a generator has noise. So, um, and, and potentially, uh, you know, much longer and more stable runtime. I, I don't know. I, I think when it comes to an inverter or a small generator, uh, it's going to be very an individual question. And I would, um, I would say it depends on the, those factors and also the quality of the sine wave it's outputting. Hmm. Is there any way to test the quality of the sine wave uh, as a, a nov semi-novice, or is it just something that you need the right tools to do it? Well, you, do, you know, an oscilloscope, basically. Um, but um, And I just, I, I think I left mine in the other room. You know, you can get those for pretty cheap now, too. Uh, but uh, you get a little pocket. <laughs> uh, I bet Howie's got one. He probably does. I, I don't know if there's an easy way for a novice to tell. You know, I think I would probably avoid... The, the, you know, $30 truck stop inverter, I think I'd probably not do that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm struggling to find a meaningful answer. I could stick to this because I think there's so much variation in these products out there. Okay. Well, you know, depending we'll... on the, of the inverter, obviously we know a lot of guys use, uh, you know, like some of the EU series generators with a lot of success and, you know, <clears throat> you know, just proper 
proper grounding and bonding too when it comes to generators. Read your read your manuals, please. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of little warnings and and things with those because we've used a few of them here. Uh, continuing on here. Um, um, so do LED, do LED floodlights, such as a quad light or a hex light, when they're in an auto mode and they're doing their things, do they use a varying amount of electricity? Or basically, if they're on, they're going to be using a consistent amount of electricity as they're running through their, their different uh, scenes and such? No, it definitely varies, uh, you know, depending on the color they're making and the number of diodes that are on. And, you know, uh, in order to make white light, for example, many of them are going to drive red, green, and blue all the way up, maybe even an RGBA. Uh, you know, obviously uh, a solid red versus something like a teal, which is using blue and green. Uh, we are driving a little more power. And then each of the colors actually probably has a little bit different uh, power draw. So there definitely is variation, but I think uh, it would take a lot to make it matter, you know? <laughs> like how many lights we're running. And, and uh, I mean, the variation is not going to be substantial, but anything multiplied over a large number becomes uh, a factor, you know? So, so in a situation, like if we've got our, you know, like I've got the American DJ five uh, P the, or the hex, uh, the hex unit there, if it's running one led to running all, all of the leds of all six of them were on all, is it going to be running a, 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 a tenth of a, a watt more, or is it a, a whole watt more, or how, how what any idea of, of of what the variation might be if it's you know a big jump or just a tiny jump in that case? Uh, not off the top of my head, I guess, but you know, uh, I mean, let's just say for easy math, let's say that we have an 18 watt six in one LED, uh, each of those colors then. Uh, assuming it's divided equitably, which it probably isn't, but let's just say it is, <laughs> is it is three watts of power. So, you know, you could go from having a solid color like red at three watts draw to if for whatever reason you ran RGBAW and UV all the way to full tilt, which probably you wouldn't, but if you, let's just say you did, now you're, now you're at 18 watts. And then, you know, if you've got 10 LEDs in there, your draw goes from 30 watts to 180 watts, which is, you know, is notable. Oh, so, certainly. Uh, you know, it's a big, it depends here again. Uh, but I, the answer to the question is yes, the draw does change. Um, but I think that the question that I follow your question with is, does it matter? And so generally what I would, I would recommend is kind of sizing your circuits and generators for sort of the worst case scenario. And, and then you're good, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if you get into a situation where you don't have adequate amperage for the worst case scenario, then you can start looking at the pragmatic scenario and say, okay, I'm really never going to do that. I'm just going to do this. And I, and my new calculated draw based on these restrictions is this, and now it works. And as long as you don't exceed your restrictions, then you're good, you know? Okay. That's, that's good. One final question, Ben, and then we're going to wrap things up for tonight. Uh, the final question was uh, sent in by a viewer from uh, Kansas city. Uh, one uh, P uh, Mary and uh, the viewer's question was, uh, what will you do in oh, December? <laughs> what, what will you do in December without a Star Wars movie being released this year? Uh, I, think I'm losing my, I think I lost my signal a little bit here. Uh, can you repeat the question? Uh, yes, yes. Again, the, the, uh, sent in from a viewer uh, down in Kansas City area. What will you do this December without a Star Wars movie being released this year? Well, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll have to watch one of the other ones, but I, uh, 
I'll tell you what, you know, the fact that, that uh, episode nine is pushed back to next December uh, uh, doesn't really bother me because I, I think I'm kind of focusing on our Christmas uh, show here, John, you and I, uh, we've got that baking show we've talked about doing. And I actually have uh, the um, some engineering students at our local high school STEM program, the science, technology, that sort of thing. They are designing us uh, with a little input from me, but mostly kind of left it to them to think about the engineering challenges of this to design us some Star Wars Christmas cookie cutters. Sweet. Uh, and rapid prototype those. Uh, obviously, there is some engineering involved here, as you know, pieces of the cookie can't fall off, so they have to think about the end product when it's all said and done. You know, how do we make this? Uh, how do we make this work? So I think I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to probably watch some old Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to get my Star Wars Christmas sweaters out of the uh, closet, uh, and uh, you know, we'll bake some Star Wars Christmas cookies and and uh, count down the days to uh, episode nine. There we go. That sounds sounds absolutely fabulous. So, so yes, as Ben mentioned, we're going to be doing a, uh, uh, we're going to do a Christmas cooking show here. We're going to be uh, getting that going here. We're going to record that in a couple of weeks here. We're putting that together. So you'll have a special show coming up from us where we're going to be together on site, making a mess, embarrassing our wives, most likely, if not our wives, our children, for sureably. Oh, boy, can you imagine, John? I don't know. I mean, you know, my baking skills have already been the topic of the show a few times. And my daughter obviously has made it quite clear to our viewers that I can't bake. Oh, uh, I gotta, I'll, bring, I'll bring my daughter up. We'll have your daughter there. And what we'll do is we'll put them in that little, that little box off to the side like the Muppets did where, you know, the guys are over there. <laughs> oh, so, what do you think? You think she'd go for that? I think that's a winner. Yeah, she. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? And, and I'll tell you what. My son actually is taking kind of an interest in baking now. Oh, uh, he baked a cake for a girl. Uh, you know, so there's motivation here. But he baked a cake the other day from scratch, not from a box. I, I, I was, um, well, I was impressed because it actually turned out really good. So I think I'm going to call in some backup and I'm going to have him help me. That could, that could, we could do this. This could be fun. So we'll work on that. Some ideas with that. So Ben, I'm going to let you and Mike get back to the the road and such. Thank you much for making some time for us this evening. Uh, again, you guys can pop out to nlfxpro.com uh, and get uh, the phone number if you need to go and ask questions or you need some some uh, help and support on some things and looking for some pricing. They'll get you taken care of. Guys, we'll catch you awesome. later. And we'll be back at the top of the hour with Brian Red tonight. Good night, everybody.